Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You're on Team Human, Conscious Intervention in the Machine. Here's a preview of this week's bonus content available to supporting members on Patreon or through the Team Human team feed. It's a conversation with my new friend, the author of Pop Magic, A Guide to Bending Your Reality, Alex Kazemi. You can find out more about Alex and his work at popmagicwithak.com or alexkazemi.com or come to teamhuman.fm where you can also become a supporting member of the team. Here's just a bit of our conversation. I, I do think that's true that, that chaotic times are are easier times for magic for a lot of reasons and, and I mean chaos partly in the good sense of chaos is like things are like turbulent so that you you can do in real sort of chaotic turbulence like fractal chaotic turbulence when there's enough turbulence that things are like more like an ocean and yeah. and seemingly unpredictable like big weather systems that's like when you can start to do pattern recognition again you know when you're living in a tightly controlled society and everybody's going to work and coming home and believing yeah. the thing and reading the paper and eating their sandwich it's like ah what do we do with that but when things are like just kind of crazy and it's like oh my gosh what's happening on television's like what's happening on twitter like what's happening in this classroom and Trump is this and Keck the frog and, <laughs> and oh my God, it's like, oh, these, now we can, uh, uh, for all the problems that are going on, but now at least we can play. There's like the, the, the raw material. It's so interesting to think about, to think of the chaotic events around us as like raw substance and raw material that gives us the freedom to play magically. Because at that point, what does the psyche say? It's like, well, what, what, what left is there? You know, what left is there but magic, but spirituality, but playing, going into the astral world, playing with the upper worlds, bringing unison and bridging heaven and earth. What is the difference? You know, like this gives us the opportunity to do that. You're exactly right. In some ways, the necessity, right? If you're, if you're really trapped 
in a screwed up society, it's like the only thing you can do, at least to gain your bearings, you kind of have to turn inward for a moment. Oh, yeah. Or at least, if not inward, at least inward enough to feel your like your feet on the ground, yeah. you know, a moment of safety. <laughs> and to go within and find all your diamonds, you know, like, like really, and, and that's what the COVID for spiritual people and hopefully other people were challenged and, and sent into that place is they were, they were sent to this place to challenge the consensus of reality and their routine and, and everything and say, you know what, what, what can I bring that is new? What can I change? What, what do I, what am I actually passionate about? And they were given this sense of like, global pause that I think was very magical and angelic in a way. Right. Well, at least for, I mean, those of us who were lucky enough not and to be, yeah. you know, frontline, right. Frontline Amazon workers. We had enough fat in our bank accounts or, you know, uh, uh, flexibility in our work that we could sit behind a computer. I mean, it was still, and even if that 70, 80% of Americans were, you know, isolated in one way or another, um, that's a lot of people suddenly going, okay, now what? You know, it's like I would talk to friends like six, eight months in, and they would say, ah, I kind of used up everything on Netflix. Now what? <laughs> you know, and I would start talking to them like you. Okay, well, now it's time, you know, well, how's your wife? Look in your children's eyes. You know, they were thinking, like, do I get Amazon or, you know, <laughs> or Criterion Channel? Hulu? Yeah. Where do I get? I'm like giving them some whole spiritual wrath. It's good that you've made it to the end of Netflix. You know, <laughs> it's good. Now That's you can come hilarious. to come. <laughs> That's so hilarious that they literally came to you to confide and be like, hey, man, I, I reached the end of the feed. What now? <laughs> Like, like, like that feed's not supposed to have an end. It's supposed to be endless. And ironically, right, Kabbalah, Einsoff, endlessness, you know, where our digital world is starting to mirror endlessness and we're stuck in this lower density malhut, right? And, and like you said, most people didn't have like, let's say the consciousness to see the opportunity in the spiritual events that happened last year, but they were like, okay, let's just anesthetize ourselves more. But that wasn't the point. <laughs> the point was to deal with all of the the correction, the tikkun underneath everything and, and, and initiate that process of being like, how can I alchemize? Right. Well, do you think alchemizing, it's interesting. I, I don't know what Crowley would say. He'd probably say no, but do you think alchemizing is for everybody? I mean, I guess that's the underlying contention of pop magic is yeah. this is here for, for everyone. Yeah. You know, the Kabbalists would say you've got to be, you know, married and 40, 40. you know, you went, once you're 40 years old, married with two kids, then you can start asking these questions. And you're almost like you're inviting the, you know, college kids and high school kids, you know, yeah. it's like, uh, the come on and play. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's interesting, you're right, because we, we've talked about this before, this idea of, um, are people's frontal lobes developed enough to handle the power of magic, you know, and the, the karmic debts and, you know, the kids who read LaVey and then they evoke a demon and then their mom gets in a car crash and they think, oh, wait, I thought it was all a joke. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, you know, what, what does it mean? And I've often think, thought about this recently is this idea of the mainstreaming of magic. Does, is this good for society or is this bad for society? Because what I'm, proposing in my book is here is a non-dogmatic, non-discriminatory spiritual system. You know, if you've been alienated by authoritarianism, religion, control, and you have been shunned from the system, here's an idea to be creative and initiate a sense of spirituality in your life if you have none. But then you really think about it. 
I ask my friends who have the book and they're like, well, I'm really scared of this book. And I go, why? And they're like, because I feel like magic is going to reveal parts of myself that I don't want to face yet. And I'm like, whoa, mm. <laughs> how do you know that? Yeah. <laughs> that is so weird. Well, yeah, but if you play, even if you just play simple Crowley, right? Yeah. You know, to, to, to the will, right? So you go to the will and you follow your will, do what thou wilt, you know? And if you sit with that as a person for 20 minutes, it's like, what do I will? Yeah. What do I will? Yeah. I don't want, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> that's, wait a minute. I'm on this course. I'm on a track. I'm in, I'm in college. I'm trying to get well my GRE so yeah, I can go yeah. to grad school so I can get a job. I don't want to think about what I will, yeah, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Be, it's like people's own full potential terrifies them. The idea that they have a will, the idea that you can use the same will to open up a doorknob to initiate something on the astral plane through magic, through your mind, through directing energy, is very intimidating for a lot of people. Everyone I talked to always thought magic was about you find out your will, and then you make it happen out there, right? Because now I got magic, and I'm going to use magic to make that thing I really want to have happen, happen. Yeah. But I always saw the work, all the rituals, all the stuff Crowley was doing was more to determine, just find out what is your will? What what do you actually want? That's the scary part. That's and once yeah. you know it, what you what you want to see happen here, you 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 start making it happen anyway. It's like that's when I think when Crowley always says, just do the ritual, do the sigil, and then forget about it. It's not because, oh, now the EBGB magic creatures in the ether know it and they're gonna go out and carry it out like a Facebook algorithm. I think it's more no, now you've acknowledged what you really want. You've acknowledged it, that that's what you're going for. And now go live Now go live your life. You've tapped into one of the biggest magic secrets. Do not lust after the result. Right. That's, that's, that's what, that's, that's the big, that's the big thing. And I, I think uh, exactly what you said is, is a, is a big part of, of this process is this idea that, you know, what can I do to bring myself closer to my soul and my essence. And that's what we do when we practice magic is like you said, if you're actualizing a hidden version of yourself, who you really are that and expressing that out into the world and you're feeling aligned with your soul and your essence, that is, that is a form of magic. Right. And I guess the thing that I struggle with is a lot of people don't understand that magic is also about a lot of internal work. It's not just about getting things. It's about transformation and changing. And I would like to personally believe on my own path. And what I've seen is, is that the more you inner transform, the more you're able to manifest. But it's like today in the, you know, the digital media environment, particularly the kind of social media environment, yeah. it's really hard. I mean, I used to, uh, you know, I used to bemoan what like MTV was doing to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt like that was the, that was the centrifuge, you know, and I used to do this talk, MTV is not your friend, you know, and try to explain that here's this multi-billion dollar industry, just trying to tell you that your teachers and your parents and everyone who wants to really help you are the enemies and the corporations are your friends, you know, and that, that was child's play compared oh, yeah. to, you know, what we're in, <laughs> oh my what God. we're in, what we're in today. I mean, isn't 
this universe of digital aggressions the, the the kind of the primary obstacle for people to know who they are and what they want absolutely and it's so you know as a, as a gen xer i'm not saying you had privilege with the media um environment you had to rebel against but there was little to rebel against versus all of this today right like you could say fuck MTV versus like, what do we say? Fuck now. There's literally a billion different digital spheres and algorithms that are infecting people's minds and disconnecting us. I mean, at least with MTV culture, there was a sense of a coherency and order in the sense of, oh, you watch the VMAs, you hear about in the news, we move on. But now everyone is connected to their own little algorithmic universe. And um, it actually starts to disconnect our cultural discourse together because we're not understanding each other. We're just in our own echo chamber and feedback loop. And then therefore we're not really building connections with one another because we just want to stay comfort. We want to stay comfortable in our discord server and we just want to stay with our people. And then if there, we hear an opinion outside of our echo chamber we're uh, Oh, I don't want to deal with you or you don't get it. And, and all this type of stuff. And then we're, we're depressed and, and, and nullified as people. But it's weird. I mean, we used to talk about, you know, back in the day, you know, guys like Baudrillard, who wrote about the simulacra, simulacra. and that, you know, the media and advertising and all, we're creating this great simulacra, and we're, you know, the simulated reality with giving us our goals, and we're all mistaking it for the real. And my argument against that in the in the early 90, early internet days, I was like, well, yeah, but now, thanks to interactive technology... We're going to be making the simulacra. We're no longer just, just, just you know the the victims of it. Now that we'll create it together, we can make it anything, and now we'll be empowered. But you know, ten twenty years later, I'm looking. So everybody's just building this, you know, this sick version of verbal Minecraft. You know, and it's I don't know that the building that our commitment to building this simulacra is turned out to be. A, a net positive for the collective psyche. I think I think there was a level of innocence that you had in your <laughs> in your optimism for what you thought would happen, and you were very prophetic in a lot of ways. But the beast that that it became is is uh, it, I mean maybe a lot of the early internet guys didn't really consider the evil of the human ego <laughs> and like what what was going to be in the how people were going to express themselves online and how it was going to be normalized to self-mythologize to build a simulacra of yourself to build a brand to literally just be this like void vessel to like charge this thing outside right. of you well they didn't know it's like if you're going to go if if you think of the internet as a super powerful magical place oh yeah you know it's like if you're going to go in there you're supposed to like before you do magic i never do them that's just why i get in trouble there's these things like mark pesci always like oh first you do a banishing ritual then you do a this and then you do a that so you're like prepared to go into this space with all these temptations and pre it's not like the it was some virgin territory we're just going to go in it's like oh let's jump into this highly manipulative corporate sphere and yeah. create ourselves from scratch yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> no and, and honestly no. I'm really happy you just said that because what you tapped into is is that our consciousness and what's going on in our subconscious and everything in our mind is is a charger for how we use the internet like it's energy right like the way 
our, our state of mind will mirror what we see in our physical reality. And, and that's what the internet is, is when people are searching certain things or they have certain, certain interests and all this type of stuff, it's really like a throw up and vomit of their subconscious mind showing up on the Google search bar and on Instagram and Twitter and on TikTok. And they're creating this like historic, this like daily record of their subconscious mind. And they're not really looking deeper at that log and saying, oh, wait, that type of video, those type of videos I like to watch, or this reveals something deeper about myself and all that type of stuff. But you're right. It's essentially a VR playground. Right. And, and, and not as, you know, neutral and open as we might've imagined it, or maybe it was at some point when we had, you know, little, you know, text-based yeah, love group those. fantasy <laughs> news dungeon and things that systems, we would play. Deja, yeah, all of that. it was all like fantasy role-playing. But now there's not really fantasy role-playing. It's like there's a big Dungeons & Dragons set with rules and acts and everything is already there. Which character are you going to be? This one or that one? It's like, well, wait a minute. I was going to... Uh, 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 you know, and it's and it's not. But then the game that everyone's playing, and I see it. Even the clever people and the smart people, some of the best people I've had on this show, you know, who write books and whatever. And then they come to me later and they say, "Oh, well, you know, I'd like to develop, you know, a career this, doing that, doing this. How do I develop a social media following?" You know, so everybody's looking to get that number higher, and I understand why. I have friends who put out book proposals and send them out to publishers, and these are the normal good. High name publishers, yeah. not totally crass commercial ones, who are like, yeah, we love your book, but you know, we looked. You don't really have a social media following, and so we don't think you will be able to sell this. And wow. it's like, so then everyone supposed to have, and that's legitimate. But but when I look at 12, 13, 14 year olds worried about you know their fame, their fame value. I mean, and I feel like you you at your age, you're much closer to. I mean, I understand wanting to be successful, but. But how has how do you, do you feel fame as a as a value has uh, integrated itself has nested itself so fully in in these kids? It's so interesting because even if we want to use Madonna as a metaphor, when Truth or Dare came out and there was so much you know uh, you know people saw it as propaganda and self mythologizing. Why would someone make a documentary about themselves like and have essentially a blueprint into reality TV and what social media ended up becoming? these type of things that culturally, collectively, we would view as like malignant, exhibitionistic, narcissistic are now the behaviors that are very normalized and what you're encouraged in for today. And when you're a preteen or you're a teenager and you wake up every morning and you see Addison Ray on TikTok having this huge gap between you and uh, your followers, oh, she has 50 million, you have 200 likes or something and you're you're all in this little vr i mean this rpg arena it's gonna really fuck you up and um if you see the thread through all your pbs documentaries you can see the the um uh acceleration of this process and 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 how we've arrived now at the hyper real tiktok uh, avatar version of yourself that can you know lip sync movie quotes and dance and touch virtual things like a video game and it's honestly how could we move past this point? Isn't this the peak of the simulacra? Or 30 years from now, 
will you be on the other side of this conversation at 50 or 60 talking to some 20-year-old who says, ah, oh, God, you had it easy back in the day when it was just like TikTok videos, oh, you know, algorithms coming after you. You know, there was there were no robots in the street. You know, <laughs> people hadn't you did learn how to split consciousness into three sections that operated independently yet. You know, there wasn't, you know, spontaneous combustion of babies and you know, whatever oh, you know it's what I mean? Happen. That, and also like oh So it yeah. it just gets worse? Or do you think we reach do you feel like there's I keep thinking that there's by hook or by crook, there's a, a plateau of some sort ahead. That either there's an EMP that just takes down the friggin' networks for long enough for oh, people I to. I love that day. To, I love you know? that day. That was the, I, <laughs> I, I was like, this is the best day ever. I was like, this is the best day ever. <laughs> what a special day. The net day. is down. Yeah. The net is down. I know. And it's like, I'm sure there's like people, like ambulances that lose patience. I mean, there's probably death and destruction that goes along with it. But at least for those of us trapped by the internet, you know, I mean, when the system goes down, it's bad, like hospitals and oh, refugees know, and stuff. Yeah. It's it's real, right? There's water that doesn't get to somebody yeah. who dies. But there's a whole lot of tweets that don't get point of view. It just felt like a real like blackout and, and, and people were, were having to feel fidgety and, and realize the addiction to their technology. Which blackout are you meaning? Like uh, the Zuckerberg day. Oh, when, when Facebook went down. Yeah, and yeah. that was when so Instagram weird because everybody was talking about this thing. I'm not on Instagram or Facebook, you know, as anything. And so it, it, the internet was the same to me. Oh, me it was too. so funny. Me Everyone, too. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh my God, oh my God. And I realized it was like, it was like back in the day, a lot of people could only get online through AOL, yeah, yeah. you know, because that was, how, and, and and those of us who knew about the net, we didn't use AOL, but it's like AOL would go down and it's like the internet, but suddenly there'd be all this elbow room <laughs> on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it was such a, a smaller, a smaller space. And I think, you know, yeah. in, in the point of you know hyper reality and hyper violence and hypersexuality and and you know with the hyper versions of everything that we're seeing right now and you know honestly I kind of find it uh, the nostalgia that my generation has for 2001 and the millennium and all this type of stuff I think is really a nostalgia for a sense of order in the way of uh, well. Well, well, you know, we didn't have, you guys didn't have iPhones. You guys could talk to each other, but they don't understand that this is all a collective choice to use this technology. They feel that it's so essential to their lives that they'll make up excuses and be like, well, you know, um, if I lived in a different time, I wouldn't be this way. No, you could just turn your phone off. <laughs> like, right. Like, like it's really just a choice to build the reality based off of your current feelings that 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 doesn't have to be the truth of who you are right and even if they say oh i can't turn it up because i got to this i got to that and it's like well it's not real you could decide this is your hour you t take why don't you take from six to seven and do your instagram and twitter then so interesting as much as you can that. get done because in 1999 they say that people spent one hour a day on the internet well now they live now it's a state of being it's a it's kind of 24-7. I mean... But see, that's interesting, right? Is when we got rid of even in 2000... I don't remember when iChat disappeared. But we, when we started to stay logged in and we stopped exiting, we stopped logging out, this is how right. they got us is okay. It's Oh, sorry. I'll turn that off. <laughs> um, um, 
this is how they got us. The reason they got us was because they took away the idea of logging out because the more time you're logged in, the more money they make. Right. Well, they took away the idea of logging on even. Oh. I mean, that was the thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they did. <laughs> right? You log into the matrix, whatever. But you would, you would, I mean, in my day, you would plug a modem into the computer like a physical and dial action. up. That's a, that's yeah. a physical cue. To, yeah, okay. It's a different exactly. thing. And you tried to minimize the time because we still paid for phone by the minute. So you would do it as quickly as you could or download all the stuff that you wanted to read and then read it and respond to it and then upload back to your server. I think the problem is is that people are, are complaining. So like I ask people, I go like, when you go on Instagram, do you feel things that you feel that you don't feel anywhere else? And they're like, yes. And I said, well, why are you using it? And I was like, do you feel negative things? And they're like, yes. And they're like, well, I can't stop using it. So it's like the initiatory, like emotional process that being on social media brings to people is so like, um, based on, on the digital environment that you choose to go into. And if you know that a digital environment is harming you emotionally, why are you staying there? To me, that's addiction. And that's all you get of Alex Kazemi. If you want to hear the whole conversation and gain access to the growing archive of new material and conversations from the vault with friends including Timothy Leary, John Barlow, Naomi Klein, Terrence McKenna, as well as invitations to our live salon events and Discord channel, just go to teamhuman.fm and click on support. See you there. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 